On Contradiction by Mao Zedong Section 5 The Identity and Struggle of the Aspects of a Contradiction When we understand the universality and the particularity of contradiction, we must proceed to study the problem of the identity and struggle of the aspects of a contradiction. Identity, unity, coincidence, interpretation, interpermeation, interdependence or mutual dependence for existence, interconnection or mutual cooperation. All these different terms mean the same thing and refer to the following two points. First, the existence of each of the two aspects of a contradiction in the process of the development of a thing presupposes the existence of the other aspect, and both aspects coexist in a single entity. Second, in given conditions, each of the two contradictory aspects transforms itself into its opposite. This is the meaning of identity. Lenin said, Dialectics is the teaching which shows how opposites can be, and how they happen to be, how they become, identical, under what conditions they are identical, transforming themselves into one another, why the human mind should take these opposites not as dead, rigid, but as living, conditional, mobile, transforming themselves into one another. What does this passage mean? The contradictory aspects in every process exclude each other, struggle with each other, and are in opposition to each other. Without exception, they are contained in the process of development of all things, and in all human thought. A simple process contains only a single pair of opposites, while a complex process contains more. And in turn, the pairs of opposites are in contradiction to one another. That is how all things in the objective world and all human thought are constituted and how they are set in motion. This being so, there is an utter lack of identity or unity. How then can one speak of identity or unity? The fact is that no contradictory aspect can exist in isolation. Without its opposite aspect, each loses the condition for its existence. Just think, can any one contradictory aspect of a thing or of a concept in the human mind exist independently? Without life, there would be no death. Without death, there would be no life. Without above, there would be no below. Without below, there would be no above. Without misfortune, there would be no good fortune. Without good fortune, there would be no misfortune. Without facility, there would be no difficulty. Without difficulty, there would be no facility. Without landlords, there would be no tenant peasants. Without tenant peasants, there would be no landlords. Without the bourgeoisie, there would be no proletariat. Without the proletariat, there would be no bourgeoisie. Without imperialist oppression of nations, there would be no colonies or semi-colonies. Without colonies or semi-colonies, there would be no imperialist oppression of nations. It is so with all opposites, in given conditions. On the one hand, they are opposed to each other, and on the other, they are interconnected, interpenetrating, interpermeating, and interdependent. And this character is described as identity. In given conditions, all contradictory aspects possess the character of non-identity, and hence are described as being in contradiction. But they also possess the character of identity, and hence are interconnected. This is what Lenin means when he says that dialectic studies, quote, how opposites can be identical, quote. How then can they be identical? Because each is the condition for the other's existence. This is the first meaning of identity. But is it enough to say merely that each of the contradictory aspects is the condition for the other's existence? That there is identity between them and that consequently they can coexist in a single entity? No, it is not. The matter does not end with their dependence on each other for their existence. What is more important is their transformation into each other. 
That is to say, in given conditions, each of the contradictory aspects within a thing transforms itself into its opposite, changes its position to that of its opposite. This is the second meaning of the identity of contradiction. Why is there identity here too? You see, by means of revolution, the proletariat, at one time the ruled, is transformed into the ruler, while the bourgeoisie, the erstwhile ruler, is transformed into the ruled and changes its position to that originally occupied by its opposite. This has already taken place in the Soviet Union, as it will take place throughout the world. If there were no interconnection and identity of opposites in given conditions, how could such a change take place? The Kuomintang, which played a certain positive role at a certain stage in modern Chinese history, became a counter-revolutionary party after 1927. Because of its inherent class nature and because of imperialist blandishments, these being the conditions, but it has been compelled to agree to resist Japan because of the sharpening of the contradiction between China and Japan, and because of the Communist Party's policy of the United Front, these being the conditions. Things in contradiction change into one another, and herein lies a definite identity. Our agrarian revolution has been a process in which the landlord class owning the land is transformed into a class that has lost its land while the peasants who once lost their land are transformed into smallholders who have acquired land. And it will be such a process once again. In given conditions, having and not having, acquiring and losing, are interconnected. There is identity of the two sides. Under socialism, private peasant ownership is transformed into the public ownership of socialist agriculture. This has already taken place in the Soviet Union, as it will take place everywhere else. There is a bridge leading from private property to public property, which in philosophy is called identity, or transformation into each other, or interpenetration. To consolidate the dictatorship of the proletariat, or the dictatorship of the people, is in fact to prepare the conditions for abolishing this dictatorship and advancing to the higher stage, when all state systems are eliminated. To establish and build the Communist Party is in fact to prepare the conditions for the elimination of the Communist Party and all political parties. To build a revolutionary army under the leadership of the Communist Party and to carry on revolutionary war is in fact to prepare the conditions for the permanent elimination of war. These opposites are at the same time complementary. War and peace, as everybody knows, transform themselves into each other. War is transformed into peace, for instance, the First World War was transformed into the post-war peace, and the civil war in China has now stopped, giving place to internal peace. Peace is transformed into war, for instance, the Kuomintang Communist Cooperation was transformed into war in 1927, and today's situation of world peace may be transformed into a second world war. Why is this so? Because, in class society, such contradictory things as war and peace have an identity in given conditions. All contradictory things are interconnected. Not only do they coexist in a single entity in given conditions, but in other given conditions, they also transform themselves into each other. This is the full meaning of the identity of opposites. This is what Lenin meant when he discussed how they happen to be, how they become identical, under what conditions they are identical, transforming themselves into one another. Why is it that the human mind should take these opposites not as dead, rigid, but as living, conditional, mobile, transforming themselves into one another? Because that is just how things are in objective reality. The fact is that the unity or identity of opposites in objective things is not dead or rigid, but is living, conditional, mobile, temporary, and relative. In given conditions, every contradictory aspect transforms itself into its opposite. Reflected in man's thinking, this becomes the Marxist world outlook of materialist dialectics. It is only the reactionary ruling classes of the past and present, and the metaphysicians in their service, 
who regard opposites not as living, conditional, mobile, and transforming themselves into one another, but as dead and rigid, and they propagate this fallacy everywhere to delude the masses of the people, thus seeking to perpetuate their rule. The task of communists is to expose the fallacies of the reactionaries and metaphysicians, to propagate the dialectics inherent in things, and so accelerate the transformation of things and achieve the goal of revolution. In speaking of the identity of opposites in given conditions, what we are referring to is real and concrete opposites, and the real and concrete transformation of opposites into one another. There are innumerable transformations in mythology, for instance, Fu's race with the sun in Shanghai Ching, Yi's shooting down of nine suns in Huainan Su, the Monkey King's 72 metamorphoses in Siyu Chi, the numerous episodes of ghosts and foxes metamorphosed into human beings and the strange tales of Liao Chai, etc. But these legendary transformations of opposites are not concrete changes reflecting concrete contradictions. They are naive, imaginary, subjectively conceived transformations conjured up in men's minds by innumerable, real and complex transformations of opposites into one another. Marx said, All mythology masters and dominates and shapes the force of nature in and through the imagination. Hence, it disappears as soon as man gains mastery over the forces of nature. The myriads of changes in mythology and also in nursery tales delight people because they imaginatively picture man's conquest of the forces of nature. And the best myths possess eternal charm, as Marx put it. But myths are not built out of the concrete contradictions existing in given conditions, and therefore are not a scientific reflection of reality. That is to say, in myths or nursery tales, the aspects constituting a contradiction have only an imaginary identity, not a concrete identity. The scientific reflection of the identity in real transformations is Marxist dialectics. Why can an egg, but not a stone, be transformed into a chicken? Why is there identity between war and peace, and none between war and a stone? Why can human beings give birth only to human beings and not to anything else? The sole reason is that the identity of opposites exists only in necessary given conditions. Without these necessary given conditions, there can be no identity whatsoever. Why is it that in Russia in 1917, the bourgeois democratic February Revolution was directly linked with the proletarian socialist October Revolution, while in France the bourgeois revolution was not directly linked with the socialist revolution, and the Paris Commune of 1871 ended in failure? Why is it, on the other hand, that the nomadic system of Mongolia and Central Asia has been directly linked with socialism? Why is it that the Chinese Revolution can avoid a capitalist future and be directly linked with socialism without taking the old historical road of the Western countries, without passing through a period of bourgeois dictatorship? The sole reason is the concrete conditions of the time. When certain necessary conditions are present, certain contradictions arise in the process of development of things, and moreover, the opposites contained in them are interdependent and become transformed into one another. Otherwise, none of this would be possible. Such is the problem of identity. What then is the struggle? And what is the relation between identity and struggle? Lenin said, The unity, coincidence, identity equal action of opposites is conditional, temporary, transitory, relative. The struggle of mutually exclusive opposites is absolute, just as development and motion are absolute. What does this passage mean? All processes have a beginning and an end. All processes transform themselves into their opposites. The constancy of all processes is relative, but the mutability manifested in the transformation of one process into another is absolute. There are two states of motion in all things, that of relative rests and that of conspicuous change. 
Both are caused by the struggle between the two contradictory elements contained in a thing. When the thing is in the first state of motion, it is undergoing only quantitative and not qualitative change, and consequently presents the outward appearance of being at rest. When the thing is in the second state of motion, the quantitative change of the first state has already reached a culminating point, and gives rise to the dissolution of the thing as an entity and thereupon, a qualitative change ensues, hence the appearance of a conspicuous change. Such unity, solidarity, combination, harmony, balance, stalemate, deadlock, rest, constancy, equilibrium, solidarity, attraction, etc., as we see in daily life, are all the appearances of things in the state of quantitative change. On the other hand, the dissolution of unity, that is, the destruction of this solidarity, combination, harmony, balance, stalemate, deadlock, rest, constancy, equilibrium, solidity, and attraction, and the change of each into its opposite are all the appearances of things in the state of qualitative change, the transformation of one process into another. Things are constantly transforming themselves from the first into the second state of motion. The struggle of opposites goes on in both states, but the contradiction is resolved through the second state. That is why we say that the unity of opposites is conditional, temporary, and relative, while the struggle of mutually exclusive opposites is absolute. When we said above that two opposite things can coexist in a single entity and can transform themselves into each other because there is identity between them, we were speaking of conditionality. That is to say, in given conditions, two contradictory things can be united and can transform themselves into each other. But in the absence of these conditions, they cannot constitute a contradiction, cannot coexist in the same entity, and cannot transform themselves into one another. It is because the identity of opposites obtains only in given conditions that we have said identity is conditional and relative. We may add that the struggle between opposites permeates a process from beginning to end and makes one process transform itself into another, that it is ubiquitous, and that struggle is therefore unconditional and absolute. The combination of conditional, relative identity and unconditional, absolute struggle constitutes the movement of opposites in all things. We Chinese often say, Things that oppose each other also complement each other. That is, things opposed to each other have identity. This saying is dialectical and contrary to metaphysics. Oppose each other refers to the mutual exclusion or the struggle of the two contradictory aspects. Complement each other means that, in given conditions, the two contradictory aspects unite and achieve identity. Yet, struggle is inherent in identity, and without struggle there can be no identity. In identity there is struggle. In particularity, there is universality, and in individuality, there is generality. To quote Lenin, there is an absolute in the relative. And so concludes the fifth section. Stay posted for the final two sections of this essay, narrated so tenderly by yours truly. On Marxist Menagerie, here at the Epoch of Incredulity. Enjoy your epoch, comrade.